On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 30th of October. What a great weekend it was of racing on Saturday, of course, when we had uh, the brilliant running of the Spring Champion Stake. Is a star born in Tom Kitten, and what about that Cox Plate? It was sensational racing, uh, and even, in fact, across Australasia. What about Equinox yesterday winning there in Japan? That has to be the best horse in the world. What a performance, and what about the clock? We'll talk all about it on Punters Postmortem this morning. Our guests are Ron Duffersey, Chris Roots, and David Gately, and we'll be joining them very, very soon. Today in New South Wales, we're going to feature some racing a little bit after Punters Postmortem today and our horses to follow. We will have a full preview of racing today, of course. You can get all the markets. They're open at the tab as we speak at Newcastle and Wellington. We'll also have a little bit later on a program at 10.30 called On the Pace with Mick Guerin, where we'll look at harness racing across the weekend, and then we'll provide all the tips for racing on this Monday. Before I do get into Punters Postmortem, though, I just want to make a comment on yesterday and what unfolded there at Tari. I was sitting down on a Sunday afternoon, like I'm sure a lot of punters, spectators, owners, other racing participants were, and what unfolded in that race, that sixth event at Tari yesterday, was again a huge reminder of how much danger our colleagues put themselves in, in race conditions, and for that fact, even away from race conditions, dealing with animals. We... Three people went there yesterday to Taree just to do a job, a job that they love, and now three of them are in fantastic medical care, getting the best treatment because we live in the best country in the world. So we have, the, in my opinion, the best doctors and the best health professionals, but they are fighting and our thoughts are with them. We know that obviously uh, there's been plenty of updates from the New South Wales jockeys. There's been updates on racing New South Wales. We know that, obviously, uh, Lachlan Scorse isn't an induced coma. We know that, uh, obviously, Courtney Vanderverth has uh, had those X-rays and suspected fractures, and I read that Jeff Penzer has the 10 broken ribs. It's awful. It's, again, a reminder. I put my hand up. We'll be watching the races on a Saturday. You see a jockey make a bad decision, or you do your money, and you go, oh, what's doing? But it is a reminder, again, how much risk how much danger they put themselves in for our entertainment so i know we say it all the time in situations like this on saturday i was lucky enough to attend the national jockeys trust luncheon there at royal ramwick and i'm sure that it'll be mentioned about this week but if you could if you have a win or if you feel like making a donation to any of those organizations or anything that transpires from uh, these injuries and we will hear uh, more as that unfolds over the next hours and days please donate and please have them in your thoughts my last final piece on the matter is i hate ambulance chases our sport is a bubble so i find that in a situation like this and it's happened for the as long as i can remember being around the texts start flying the information spreads like wildfire have you heard this have you heard that 
Let's wait for the official channels to make comment on what's happening with these jockeys, whether that be the uh, the Australian Jockeys Association, whether that be Racing New South Wales, or whether it be the New South Wales Jockeys. If you get the text saying, oh, have you heard about this, have you heard about that, please don't forward it on or make it a, uh, a continuous train because that's not what the families, that's not what our industry needs. We just need the right information to come through the right channels. And as I said, all our thoughts are with those individuals, Lachlan Scores, Jeff Penzer, Courtney Vanderverth, and Jeff Keough after yesterday. And also, too, uh, finally, before I get to Duff, uh, thoughts with everyone there at Tara yesterday. I spoke with Damien Toos after the races, and there's a man who's the CEO of the race club, and he was he was flat as a tack as he would be. He's gone to the races with his team, all his staff, track managers, everybody involved, and it's just not a pleasant experience. So, as I said, our thoughts with those individuals, and we will wait and see what the news is to come out of John Hunter and, and various other medical centres. Now, let's get to Ron Duffersey, who joins us this morning. Ron, good morning to you, mate. Um, away from, obviously, what I've just spoken about, Saturday was a spectacle for our sport. Unbelievable. Uh, Adam Hieronymus, he wasn't riding only a couple of years ago. He bags another Group 1 this season. Yep, but he does it on a pretty nice horse, too, in Tom Kitten, who has been beautifully handled by Godolphin and James, you must say. He was just placed, had their eye on the prize, got the dividend. They pull up stumps now, and... Um, and get serious in the autumn to see how good he really is. So he, he looks like a horse with, obviously, plenty of size and scope and, and talent about him. So who knows where the ceiling is with him. So it was a great day's racing, and obviously in Sydney and in Melbourne with Cox Plate Day, and, and we move on to this um, um, unbelievable weekend this time, this week, with the Golden Eagle meeting and Derby Day. Uh, also, too... Um the news yesterday that uh, no Tom Kitten for the Derby. They put him away. That was uh, notified by Racing Victorian stewards. So look out in the autumn with uh, Tom. David Gately joined us. You had a box seat, mate, um, there on Sky Racing 1 on Saturday. Uh, obviously, we saw the spring champion unfold in Sydney, but that Cox Plate was one for the ages. And the horse from Hong Kong, Romantic Warrior, was too good. Yeah, good morning all. Um, yeah, it looked one of the better Cox Plates on paper, didn't it, going in and you know, I remember saying more than once, you could probably make an equal case for your seventh or eighth pick as your top pick. And and you look back and go, well, it's probably still correct. I mean, only one horse can win it, right? And um, Romantic Warrior was so brave. He was actually the first under pressure <laughs> coming to the turn, um, but just responded that will to win, took him all the way to the finishing line. And I was chatting to Glenn Boss uh, during the week and he said, it's, it's always the, the last horse off the bit who wins the Cox play. Well, uh, not this year. Um, it uh, wasn't the case. The, the seventh horse, Fangle, beaten 1.6 lengths, probably beat them all with even luck. Militarised beaten 2.3 lengths. So how would Tom Kitten have gone? Um, based on that, uh, love to know. But uh, look, a fabulous day's racing and, and an outstanding Cox Plate run at a fast speed. And also joining us, Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald. Christopher, good morning to you. A weekend where there's been plenty of news. Yeah, and uh, just... To echo your thoughts, thoughts with those three jockeys in uh, in hospital at the moment after yesterday's fall. Um, fantastic weekend. Um, I just think you wouldn't have thought this four, five years ago to have Sydney and Melbourne running at the same time in the spring, but it just adds something to it. There's a, there's a race every 20 minutes that you want to watch, 
And, you know, the build-up, the Cox Plate lost nothing by having good racing in Sydney. And we saw a fantastic Cox Plate. So, you know, we'll all be talking about it for a while. And um, there's a lot of what-ifs behind the winner. There certainly is. So let's start uh, with our dissection, though, of the Spring Champion Stake. So obviously he was instilled as a 250 all-in favourite with the tab for the derby. After the win and the, um, the big one, of course, the Spring Champion, uh, Tom Kitten. Um, when we spoke with James Cummings on Thursday, Duff, he just we, we, we spoke about the luck that it had eluded him during the preparation, but it was a lovely ride by Hippo. Uh, and in a situation, too, where... Wasn't like Tropical Squall where it wasn't, you know, front and centre of the market. This all our eyes were on. So a little bit of more pressure for him here in a Group One. And he, I thought he rode it a treat. Oh, he rode it perfectly um, on the best horse. Rode him like a good thing, which he was. Um, and he probably was under more pressure because he he wasn't, you know, usually he's riding for you know Gay and Adrian, which he's got an affinity with and he's got confidence to do what he likes on those horses. And you know, when you get those big blue colours on and you you probably get a, a little bit more advice than um, go forward and lead. <laughs> um, he he sucked it all in. He obviously did his homework and he found himself a, a big result there. So it was a a big win as far as the depth after the race is concerned. There's a little question mark, but I don't think there's any question mark as far as he did beat them up. Like Cape, Cape Ferrat was a a maiden, eight-start maiden going into the race. Um, Gambare come off a, a, a so-so run in the gloaming with a much better run. There was a lot of failures in this race. Tudor Levita was okay. She just wasn't up to the task. But, you know, some of these horses we expected to put their hand up for derbies. Your Ravellos, you're glad you think so. And there was even a big tip for Madatsu. They tailed off. So a lot of horses didn't perform. Uh, but take nothing away from the winner. He's... um. He's the one going forward uh, with all the stars on him, no doubt about it. Yeah, what about uh, your comments on Tom Kitten, David Gailey? Yeah, well, they haven't been mucking around in these three-year-old races. Uh, they've all been run at a really strong tempo, and this is no different. Ten lengths above Group 1 average. Um, certainly advantage is the best athlete, and that was Tom Kitten, who uh, sort of finally had things pan out well and, and was brilliant. I mean, despite that uh, that speed, he sat cl- reasonably close to it. Still was clear race fastest for his last four to two, two home. Uh, still ran overall time some seven lengths above Group 1 average. So a lot to like about him as an athlete and can't wait to see what he can produce next prep. Uh, the others, uh, yeah, I thought Capra was, was rock solid. There certainly wins in that was his second quickest home. And Gambaro was much better this time, albeit with a, with a soft run. Port Lockroy is a nice horse. I just don't think he's a 2,000-metre horse. And um, yeah, There were some disappointments back. I was expecting more from Ravallo and Co. But, uh, you know, they, it, it's a long prep for these three-year-olds. And, and when they're running in fast races, it, it just takes a bit out of them. Very interesting, Chris, to see uh, what the Waller Army um, lines up in a Victorian derby. Obviously, they've got the favourite with the pre-noms in Riff Rocket, who... Just shows, I guess, the opinion of, from the bookies of Tom Kitten because I think you'll find he went out to a three fifty three dollar price and Tom Kitten was two fifty in that prenoms market. Then obviously we saw that information come through uh, from Godolphin that they weren't going to Melbourne, so back to two fifty goes Riff Rocket. Um, Apulia is at four fifty second favourite, but Dad, we'll talk about them because they came out of Moody Valley on the weekend. Then Cap Ferrat, does he go the way of the Derby and another horse midweek? 
And the Kenzo was quite good, I thought. Uh, um, Matula Sam. It's at $34 currently in the Derby. It'd be interesting to know if, if he uh, heads that way as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out everything. Most most things, when the noms come out at about 10 o'clock for these these races, of course, they're not, they're not pre-nom races anymore. So anyone who went and backed Tom Kidden after the race thinking, thinking they, they were getting a good price, get their money back. So that's a good thing. But really well done by Godolphin. As soon as they made the decision, they were on the phone to the stewards, James Cummings told the stewards, let everyone know, because there are people out there who want to have a bet, bet think, want to get the best price, and they're trying to trying to identify where the, where the best price is, and they would have been backing him after that win. It was, it was the win we thought, I think everyone thought he had in him. The, the the winner the way he did it hippo's ride on him was just uh, ten out of ten he, he he saved every bit of ground coming around the turn got to the center and um, never had a horse in front of him and once when he left down geez he just went away from them with a, with a, a great turn of speed he he's got he's got a, a he's, he's, he's a stale with um, sprinted speed which is which is very rare, and James has been very big on him all the way. Talking to the team after the race, Jason Walsh made a point about what a great training effort it was by James. They bred this horse. When they bred this horse, they weren't quite sure. They thought he was more a sprinter miler than anything else. James said at the end of the last preparation, I will, I'm will. i going to train him as a stayer. His day will be spring champion's day. And, you know, they sit around the table making those decisions and Jason said they looked at each other and, well, if James wants to do that, that's what we do. And he just said it was just an outstanding training performance to come through all the bad luck, get there, and on the on the day where it matters most to get a Group 1 next to his name, he came out with the superior performance and showed how, how much superior he is to the three-year-olds in Sydney. Duff, I know that when we spoke last week, you were interested in Dulcet. Um, it went around in the Geelong Classic on Wednesday. James Robe, one of Chris's horses, possibly going towards a derby. Uh, what did you make of Wednesday's run? Disappointing. Uh, disappointing, I'd have to say. His SP profile and whatever and what was expected of the horse. Uh, uh, the derby's just fallen apart, I must say. It has fallen apart. Um, uh, we're left with pretty well... We were disappointed with Riff Rocket not going on with it last time, but he did. He didn't get beat far. But and then we we're expecting, you know, some good things to put their hands up on Saturday. Uh, we were expecting um, a lot more from a lot of horses. So we know maybe even Tom Kitten, if he did go to the Derby, he would he would have thrown some X factor into it. He may have run odd long odds on favourite, uh, but at least he would have put the class angle into the race. So uh, uh, let's just sit back get the acceptances and grind away at the Derby form because that's all we'll be doing, uh, grinding away, looking for something that'll stay. Exactly right. What did you you make of Waverley in the Geelong Classic? I thought it was pretty uh, good. I've I've just got the market up in front of me now and he's the one that jumped out at me at uh, $26. He got the staying horse. He's got the the trainer that gets him right on the day. Yeah, it would be no knock uh, for me with horses like him and, and even your Methuselahs who Dave mentioned. So that's the type of derby it's going to be outside the mm. the dash of Riff, Riff Rocket and Apulia or whatever. So I don't know, you know, uh, the derby I'm nor here nor there with now. Yeah, and I remember, look, what was Manzois before the derby? He came out of the spring champion... What, getting beaten four and a half last year? 
and before that ran second in a benchmark 72 behind White Marlin on that Wednesday Rose Hill meeting. That was um, before grand final. So they can just pop up out of nowhere, can they? All yep. the time. Um, let's talk about the Cox Plate, gentlemen, because our eyes were on it. Uh, there was a lot of Sydney contingent. I thought some fantastic runs from some Sydney horses in behind. But, Duff, I'll come to you. Uh, and Gator mentioned this as well. Watching the race, and when they got to the school, I thought, well, he's ridden this a treat, James, but uh, this horse just not up to it. He's, he's not going to be figuring the finish, but he just was determined to uh, to be in the finish and obviously win at Romantic Warrior. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're calling a few winners in the run there. Yes. Uh, a lot of winners, and he may have uh, not been one of them, although early he might have been with the placement that he was put into and the rhythm that he was in. It was always going to be... Well, it wasn't always going to be a race, but it was it, it was a race where the we say it often, the best rider will win this, and it was by far the best ride that won it. Yeah, a picture perfect. He threw it across the line. I still think he got beat. Uh, but just he threw the horse's head down on the line. He didn't even know himself, McDonald. So, like you said, Gator said 1.6 lengths first to seventh. We're saying a great uh, Cox Plate. Yeah, I get that. But I'd say more of an even Cox Plate when you've got all those horses going across the line together and some with excuses. Uh, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, they've been um, cohorts for a while. Uh, Jewish. Uh, credit to Eddie's got her flying. You could say she could have won. You could say Gold Trip was outstanding, no doubt. You could have said Fangirl could have won. I think Militarise did everything right the first little bit of the race, but when he did get him out of the barrier, he should have gone to the fence, young Lloyd, and he, he failed to do that, and I think that was very costly for that horse. He should have just... I've done my job. I've got him going. I'm up in the first half of the field. I've, there's the fence, and he didn't want it. He should have taken it. Um, but anyway, that's just experience. It'll come to him. So uh, great runs in the race, but the, the facts are uh, the best horse wins on the day with the best ride on the day. Uh, Gator, your thoughts on the Cox Plate and what was unfolding in front of you? Yeah, look, I, I take a slightly different view. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's an outstanding race, and I just think that if you look at it pre- and post-race, uh, so a pre-race, you know, as I say, we're making a case for, I think Miller tries and was about my seventh pick and you can almost make an equal case for a Manic Warrior. And, um, so I think it's a case of they're all good rather than it being a, a sort of down year. Um, speed was, was on eight lengths above group one average first section. Um, overall time strong, you know, 203.16 had him still five lengths above group one average. So, you know, certainly some merit on the clock. Uh, Mr. Brightside, you can argue to the end of time, the start was, was costly, but he's, he's had a gun run since then, since that start, and uh, he was beaten a lip and saved more ground than the winner. Alligator Blood never stopped trying. What a bulldog. Duas was in between the Quinella at the key stage, but just didn't get the room, so it's a case of we will never know with her. Gold Trip race fastest home, 11.62. Fangirl somehow second quickest home without being ridden. 11.68, and 100 metres past the line, she's in front of them all. You know, I think she's the unlucky runner. But look, I'm not going to argue with anyone who thinks differently. And Militarise, yeah, I agree with Duff. They just gave up that spot. But since then, I thought the race panned out okay, given the speed. I mean, he was just off gold trip on the turn, but he just couldn't match that horse home. He ran home 11.72, fifth-ranked uh, home. So 
I, I, I don't think putting him closer to a fast speed would have helped him win. But, again, it's just an opinion. Victoria Road was the disappointment. Um, yeah, what a race for me. It certainly was. Um, Chris, always big news to come out of the race. So uh, Mark Zara, firstly, doesn't ride gold trip in the uh, Melbourne Cup. He rides without a fight. James McDonald to ride gold trip. And, I mean, you know the story with James in this uh, this horse. Obviously, he was emotional when he won on Animo, but he seemed a little bit more emotional this year because... I think of the the build up to the race, and he obviously had a lot to do with this horse coming from Hong Kong. Yeah, um, he was run last year just before the Everest, after he'd won the Might and Power on Animo, and uh, Danny Shum rang, it, rang him, and then after it, texted him and said, um, uh, "Would you could you ride Romantic Warrior? The owner saw you ride Animo, and and wants his horse ridden like that." So that's how the booking come about for Hong Kong, where where he won the Hong Kong International Cup, and you know once he was once he's on on he's, he'd ridden it three times before the Turnbull and won three races in Hong Kong, including the Queen Elizabeth Cup over there, which they're two big international days. So when it was coming to Australia, they rang him and said uh, he was booked straight away. Like James, he loves this horse. He thinks that he thinks he's outstanding, and. He was very, very keen to pay back their faith in him. And he he might be one of the main reasons we actually saw him in Australia, James McDonald, because not not that he pushed for the horse to come here, but they knew they had had a, had a jockey who, who knew, knows how to ride him. And he showed on the weekend, he put him in the 1-1 and popped off. He, he, just, he was just the toughest in the end. Mr. Brightside had all the favours along the fence and charged the line. Uh, you know, to get the throw right was from James, just to throw it at the line was was an outstanding piece of horsemanship. But when you have um, seven horses trying to, well, trying to fit in where probably three should, you're always going to have hard luck stories. Do us very unlucky. Van Gogh never actually saw daylight. Uh, Gold trip. The last two years, the best run in the Cox Plate's been the winner of the Melbourne Cup and James McDonald hops on him now. Um, you can just go through them. So it shapes as um, a... A, a race that we're going to be talking about for a long time. And I think we're going to be talking about, oh, remember how we've got beaten the Cox Plate when the horses come out and win races across the carnival and into next year. I thought militarised, I take Duff, Duff and Gator's point about militarised that probably should have gone to the fence. But not knowing these riding instructions, it looked like the instructions were to stay off the fence or else I think Zach would have, to, would have taken that spot. He might have been told, hold a position off the fence so that you don't get crowded up. So... I'm prepared to say Zach did his job and he rode him the best he could under the circumstances and maybe he just ran into a lot of very, very good horses. Um, I know that we you just touched on Mr Brightside getting some favours, but he was slowly away, Duff. Um, geez, it was could be one of the... Uh, I always thought in my mind the, of Caulfield Cup many moons ago, um, Rising Romance, who was ridden by James McDonald and on that occasion was bitten, uh, beaten by Zach Lloyd and the Japanese horse flying down the outside. But I always thought that was one of the best losing rides I've ever seen because he jumped from a wide gate. He went forward on Rising Romance. He stacked them up. He sprinted, and he gets beat on the line. Well, Willow misses the kick, pushes forward on the outside of Dewis, finds the fence then, has it in a position. King Colorado starts to fall back on their face. He goes back to the inside. He gets around King Colorado. I mean, 
We talk about some of the best losing rides you've seen, and I thought Willow, oh, his ride was absolutely perfect on Mr. Brightside. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so uh, hard to cop after oh, all that. Uh, and you could tell I was on, watching like a hawk, but yeah. that's, and I think a lot of people... Um, I liked what they said afterwards, though. I know that uh, Ben, obviously, he seems like he's always got a smile on his face, Ben Hayes, but it sounds like a rematch might be on the cards if they go to Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, there you go. They've, they've had some hard recent racing, but he's just coped with it so well, Mister Brightside. He's, uh, um, although Fangirl had his measure at the mile uh, in the King Charles, he's um, he's bounced out of that. He's just an iron horse. So why not go to Hong Kong? But it's one of them. It's a Cox Plate's a race where you know some of the beaten brigade. You go home and you won't be able to sleep. Like the Fangirl connections, the Jewish connections, they won't be able to sleep. Uh, for for a week after that, that race will be in their head all the way through, and even Mr. Brightside with that photo angle of the race and thinking that you've won it and achieved a big big goal, and then um, that number comes up and it's a deflating feeling. But uh, they'd be still also proud of their horses. We've got a caller on the line. Wayne's been waiting patiently. Good morning, Wayne. Morning, boys. What's on? Um, your, what have you got for us, mate? This cap parade that ran second at Tom Kitten on the weekend, will, will he go to the derby? I'd say he would. I'd he's say he'd... He, he looks like he can stay. Yeah, well, he's been he's in the market. He's uh, th- the third or fourth favourite now, so I'd suggest the marketplace says that although Maidens have won the derby in the past, he's still a Maidener, but he's got the Chris Waller timing about him, doesn't he, sir? Uh, you'd have to consider him maybe, you know, you, you're looking for these horses to find form in the last week of the derby, and he could be one of them. Yeah, his last two runs have been good. And uh, I'll tell you who would be happy, the owners, the people that sold alcohol free for $10 million would be curling the mare because they won't be getting their $10 million back here. She's only going to throw two good foals and they'll get it back. <laughs> I, I think she's one to follow from the weekend, to tell you the truth. I think once she just... I'd love to see them try her a mile before they put her in the paddock. I think she's just crying out for a mile alcohol-free. Beautiful, Wayne. Thanks for your call. A couple of texts on the text line here as we jump back to Sydney. Uh, why don't you talk about the Craven Plate and the run of Renaissance Woman Duff? I thought it was terrific. I was sort of opposing her, thinking, well, she's getting to this level very quickly. Um, you know, she's just a young four-year-old mare. Uh, she was, you know, pretty good in easier races, uh, looking good like she's come back better than ever. She's put on weight. She's matured. But to do what she did on Saturday, yeah, she, she's, she's outstanding. So she's, um, I don't know what their, their ultimate aim this preparation is, but... I think she's going to be pretty good in the autumn in her own right, but that's not saying she's not going to win more races uh, during this spring. She's, um, I like her a lot. I've always liked her. I just uh, thought Saturday was a big test for her so early, you know, in a four-year-old year and so quickly. So, But she, she left it, I must say. She was very good. Any comment there, Gator, on um, the Craven Plate? Yeah, look, I underrated uh, Renee Simpson as well. I was with her last time, and I thought um, she probably can't beat Fireburn home because they clashed last prep, and Fireburn was simply too good. It just shows you. Um, Fireburn deeper into the prep, and uh, the Renaissance woman um, has clearly improved since the last campaign. So always learning. Uh, Zayrak, that's the way to ride him, nice and cold. Uh, Quinella actually came from last and second last here. Uh, speed was moderate, length below, class average, time useful or length above. 
you know, they got home good, didn't they, Gator? And um, the one that was really unlucky was Hootor was as, as the other two were making their, their run, Hootor was held up. And, you know, it's just one of those races where you you go, <laughs> a, learn, uh, confidence, uh, a confidence building sort of run, but, you know, you, it's going to be better next up. Hootor and uh, Zarek both go to the, the McKinnon or Champion Stakes so, um, in a couple of weeks. They'll take on the best in, in Melbourne, whatever's keeps going from the Cox Plate. I think West Wind Blows is going there because it's not allowed to run in the Melbourne Cup. So that's going to be a handy race on the final day of the carnival. And um, this race has sort of found a place. It's almost like a, like if you're not quite going to get the, con- the Cox Plate, you stay here and run over 2,000 in Sydney with one run, run in, in another chance to go to Melbourne. And interestingly how people are placing their horses now, like Zayrak, has been up for a bit longer than Renaissance Woman. Renaissance Woman had its third run there on the weekend. Renaissance Woman is now ready to go to Melbourne and run in maybe a champion stakes or a matriarchal or a race like that. Um, they're starting their preparations uh, later and targeting races later in the carnival. So, you know, you'll, you'll get, you're getting horses that are coming up now that are looking at gongs and ingams as well. So it's um, you're always... Um, it's a constantly changing platform now with um, how horses are placed. It's not just um, we've got one day and one day only to, di- to dive into. You've got uh, 10 or 15 ways to dive into. And if you can find a race that no one else has found with your horse and have it right on the day, you get the result. We'll take a quick break. It is 9.33. Give us a call on 13.53.53 if you want to get involved with the show. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. OMGs, you could win one of four MG ZSs with DYRSL. First draw this Friday, visit dyrsl.com.au, NTPO 7736, Sydney Beverly Hills across King George's Road, southbound near the M5, another one on Arndale Park, Great Western Highway, eastbound at Waters Road, diversions are in place, and again at Double Bay, New South Head Road, westbound, and Brisbane Airport, a breakdown, Gateway Motorway, southbound. Holiday like a VIP with flight centres first and business travel experts. Tailoring high-end holidays to suit your every need. Visit flightcentre.com.au to find out more. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. How good is the bull? You've heard about it. Now it's time to find out for yourself with Ambassador Travel. All roads lead to Warnable in May for three action-packed days of racing action with some of Australia's premier jumps events like the Grand Annual Steeplechase and the Gallywood Hurdle as well as the Wongoom and the Warnable Cup. Plus you'll take in the Great Ocean Road, Port Campbell National Park and the unmissable 12 Apostles. Book now to avoid disappointment and create a lifetime of memories. Call Ambassador Travel today on 07 or visit ambassadortravel.com.au you Land at Toyota Ladies' Day, the most fashionable event of the Hawkesbury Racing Calendar, Thursday, November 9th. The eight-race card includes the $200,000 listed Land at Toyota Ladies' Day Cup, plus fantastic live entertainment and fabulous prizes for fashions on the field. Arrive early for a free reading from renowned local psychic June Lorraine. Dress to impress and enjoy the thrill and excitement of being trackside at Hawkesbury Race Club. Gates open 11am. For more info, call 4577-2263 or go to hawkesburyraceclub.com.au. Feel the thrill of world-class racing with $10 million to be won on James Squire Golden Eagle Day. Gather your friends for a feast of street food pop-ups, award-winning dining, fashion competitions and live DJs. James Squire Golden Eagle Day, November 4 at Rose Hill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. 
Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf Store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh, yeah. Looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. So if you want to improve your game, see your local expert at Drummond Golf. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. It's 9.36 on Sky Sports Radio. Let's go now to Adam, who joins on the line. G'day, Adam. Good morning, lads. How are we? Very good, mate. What have you got for us? Mate, I can't think of it the same. It's, it's just gone blank of all of a sudden. John O'Shea's, I think it was in the uh, Mooney Valley Golf Cup Friday night. Never got a crack at it. Damien Lane wrote it. Yeah, Athabaskian. Where does it go? Uh, well, it had a barrier trial, so um, where does it go, Chris? Um, they're hoping they're hoping to go to the Melbourne Cup. They'll, okay. they'll look and see after today the the next roll of decks comes out today, and look where it is on the order of entry. Thinking it's going to be around twenty four, twenty five, so it might have to run on the Saturday. They prefer to just go straight to the Melbourne Cup. Um, Damien Lane was just an absolute victim of circumstances. He he rode it perfect, and they ripped around him, and he was just. Had nowhere, all dressed up, nowhere to go. The winner was pretty good. It made the Sydney form look, the St. Ledger form look pretty good. What do we make of this land legend now? It it, it just um, served it up to Cleveland last start. It goes to the Melbourne Cup. So um, um, we're just looking at it. You look at it and you go, well, what if again? Um, and if it gets to the Melbourne Cup out of basket, I think it is an out and out stay. I'll run in the first half of the field. So when they start putting out, uh, in the, putting out those top 10 markets. I'll be having something on it there, and I've already had something on it in the cup. Okay, oh. there we go, Adam. Hey, Perfect. Yeah, everything is answered in one, in one bank. Thank you very much. No drama. That's what we aim to do, mate. Uh, so thank you for calling. We've got a couple of more callers coming in. We've opened up the phone lines, 13 53. If you've got a question for our team, uh, I want to ask about Imperatriz in the Manicato Stakes. Um, obviously, they went forward. Hope he rode it like the best horse in the race. Uh, what she run? One hundred and nine fifty nine. It's going to be fascinating to see what um, what happens down the straight in that Champion Sprint. Um, but it's the old thing with racing, isn't it? Uh, Duff will just never know how she would have gone in Everest, and we'll never know how that Everest form stacks up because we're not going to see uh, a battle between Think About It and Imperatrice. No, not um, well, not yet. Anyway, so. Look, she's been brilliant. She's been absolutely brilliant. We all know that. Uh, she zips around the valley. She shows she's versatile, uh, leading there on Saturday and um, and a very, very dominant sprinter, Dieter. Yeah, look, uh, she just showed another string to her bow, didn't she? I mean, you don't see too many uh, athletes, human or equine, that can sort of do it from both ends of the spectrum. She sort of sits back and runs over them or leads and races away. Uh, it's pretty rare. I know it was a bit of a barrier trial on Saturday. Three lengths below average early and they left her alone. I don't think it was by design. I and me just couldn't step cleanly and couldn't muster. It was weird. Jigsaw, um, they were just scared of her, I think. So just to know they're not good enough. So look, job done. She hasn't had a hard run. Straight track, a completely different beast. But um, she'll take a brave uh, human to tip against her. Yeah, she goes to... They... The, we do get to see some Everest form against her in the champion sprint, don't we, with, um, in secret, who's won two group ones down the straight, taking her on. She was just she was just too good on the weekend. But having said that, if you if 
you look without when Budos Narches come out, you know, there wasn't any there wasn't any comparison left there and I am me, I know one on the same day, but she had a pretty similar run in the Sydney Stakes. She 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 went a little bit easier and then got home. When she missed a start that that took that took everything her out of play and, you know, they had that had their own way in front imperatrice. What is good about this is that we've got a horse from Melbourne that's been winning all the sprints down there that didn't come to the Everest, and we've got the Everest form. So we're really starting to see some debate, which who is the best best out of these horses, and that just drives interest in the in in any race they go to. So I can't wait to see Imperatrice and In Secret down the straight. Um, I believe Airman will go there as well. He'll he'll miss the Giga Kick and go to Melbourne. So he's one down the straight. Front page goes there. Um, so that it's not just going to be a one-horse race in the champion sprint. So we'll um, look forward to seeing um, how how the form shapes up later in a couple of weeks' time. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that. Um, now I think we've got Matt on the line. G'day, Matt. Is he still there, or is he talking to? Yep. No, we got you. How are you? How are you, Matt? Uh, good, thanks. I've just been. Uh, you see, they have many smaller fields, and when the races are out of Mooney Valley, there. You definitely don't see huge fields like you see at Caulfield and Flemington and them places. I was just wondering, you reckon if the Cox Plate wasn't run at Mooney Valley, they might stop racing there altogether because how much more money they'd make racing at Caulfield and Flemington than at Mooney Valley? You don't bet there was too much confidence or anything. Any comments, boys? Uh, well, they're redoing the track, aren't they? So yeah. I think it's going to be an upgrade once that's all done. Bigger track and I love how the many valley. Like, stories are. How many unlucky stories are in them big races and like the Cox Plate every year? Horses not yeah. getting runs and stuff. No, it's a good call. It's a tight track. And it, look, I do a forgive pile every week. It's much bigger <laughs> coming out of the valley, but you just got to play with the cards you dealt, right? So, um, yeah, it's not going anywhere. The valley, in fact, they're upgrading it, so we just have to uh, learn to adjust. And um, by the time we might have 56 races each state on a Saturday, by then, it should be good. I think the problem with the field sizes is that there's so much racing now, and Used to be you'd have forty or fifty horses down there from Sydney to 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 go because that was the only show in town. Like you'd 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 be running Cox Plate Day, you'd be running, you'd be looking for things, and it it was the meeting that suffered on the weekend really. Like for all the racing that's gone on, Sydney had big fields, Mooney Valley they were the fields were down. In most of the group races they were they were reasonably big, but you know it there's only a certain amount of horses and people. Um, Sydney trainers now want to stay in Sydney and chase the money that's here rather than go down and race race down there on Mooney Valley. So they'll, they'll they'll pick and choose when they go down. You'll see they'll go down for one or two runs, not three or four like they used to. Beautiful, Matt. That's your call. I must admit, uh, on the flip side of that, with that track changing there at Mooney Valley, the, the theatre of the race will change. I know that obviously, uh, you know, you if you're if you're on a horse in behind and you um, cop bad interference, and obviously you're going to be filthy on the track, filthy on the style of it. Mind you, if you're back romantic warrior, you think it's the best track that's you know ever been going since sliced bread. So uh, brings me to Skybird and the performance of it in the Phillies Classic. I might come to you here, Gator, because looked in an impossible position. We were looking at horses like Karina Queen. I'm really interested in seeing where Peter Mooney takes his quicks to second start. I thought it went enormous. But what did you make of Skybird? Yeah, look, a couple of things. Like, I tipped her on the Wednesday night. I finished my form uh, early um, for a number of reasons. And 
then watch all the cards unfold. And, gee, it was an interesting few days. Uh, all of a sudden, she couldn't win from the gate. And I know the, the tab guys took her on, and I can fully understand why. You know? um, and they were almost right, because the barrier almost beat her. They restrained her back to last. She saved the ground. The gaps came just in time. And she arrived, and she arrived with an 11-2-0 last 200, only bettered by one horse all day. Uh, she was heavily backed too, so punters were not deterred by the, the draw. Um, yeah, it was an interesting race. Grinzingerbell got away with an easy lead, fought on well for second, three and a half lengths below average, so every chance adds merit to the win for mine. And well spotted with Quickster, back, held up, gets room, strong late. And she made a run out wide, the trifecta all raced on the inside lane. So I think that adds merit to her run as well. Comment from you, Duff, for Skyburn? Oh, very impressive. Uh, you know, the, untapped, untapped, three from three now. And, uh, yeah, interesting, very, very interesting filly on the way up, I'd suggest. I'd love the win. Um, first racing preparation, um, don't know what the next step with her is, but she's highly talented. What about Chris? Comment from you in the Phillies Classic? Yeah, she was, she was just... Um, so good. You, you have, have trouble. She probably goes to a thousand guineas, and whether she races at Flemington before that is, is the question mark. Like three weeks to a thousand guineas, she, yeah, she'd she'd almost start favourite there now. You'd think, um, especially after Arctic Arctic Glamour has bubble burst in Sydney. Perfect. Thank you very much. We've got Mark on the line. G'day, Mark. Is Mark there? I don't. We've got him now. G'day, Mark. Mark, hello. No, he's not there, Bordo. We'll take a break, see if we can find Mark. Sick of cheap bloodstock insurance that doesn't deliver? HQ Insurance offer mortality policies with superior features, including life-saving surgery cover, agreed value, and all with HQ's renewal extension clause. Visit hqinsurance.com.au for more. Be sure, insure with HQ. Get ready for a dazzling experience that launches the beginning of summer racing. Tab Malula Bar Cup Day at the Sunshine Coast Turf Club is where the colours of summer are unleashed. Experience the thrill, the spectacle, and the spirit that defines Finds Tab Malula Bar Cup Day. Mark your calendar for Saturday, 18 November, and join us at the Sunshine Coast Turf Club for the most colourful time of the year. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Sick of cheap bloodstock insurance that doesn't deliver? HQ Insurance offer mortality policies with superior features, including life-saving surgery cover, agreed value, and all with HQ's renewal extension clause. Visit hqinsurance.com.au for more. Be sure, insure with HQ. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. All right, uh, let's get back now to Mark. I think he is there. Good morning, mate. Morning, Dave. How are you, mate? Very good. We've got you now. What's on your mind? Skybird. I know if you just talked about it when, when I was waiting for the call, but it's winning the uh, Phillies Classic on Saturday. Um, I wanted to talk about the sectional times that run at the end of the race. Um, I, okay, the, the field itself might have been an average field for a group two, but to come home in similar times to Imperatrice from the 600, 400 and the 200, uh, on the first preparation coming off a maiden and a benchmark 64, I think she's a horse, um, be favourite for the Guineas, but looking probably another 12 months, I'd love to see her, the way that she handled the valley. I'd like to see whether she could run a 2,040 metres 
around a race like a Cox Plate. I wonder what Gator thinks about it, please, mate. Yeah, look, she's really exciting. Uh, take your point with the sectional. So she ran home about six lengths quicker than Prowess, last 600. And Prowess is a, is a star. Obviously beat Antino, nearly won a Group 1 the start before. Um, now, you have to factor in, though, they did go about eight lengths slower first thousand. So she's entitled to run home faster. But still, I'd put it on my CV. Um, yeah, and uh, she's in the right stable, isn't she? So, uh, as I say, 11 home second quickest for any horse all day. So a lot to like, no matter how you slice it. Third horse, Karina Queen, had just beaten Zardozzi, albeit luckily. Zardozzi won the manifold lead-up. So I don't think she beat up on hacks either. Um, so a lot to like, yep. One other thing before I go, Dave. About a month ago, we talked about a horse called uh, Ray Magnesio or whatever. One, one yesterday at sale, the last race. Raced against Dancing Alone down the Strait of Flemington about a month ago. I wonder if you watched the race yesterday. Did, did you have something on it, mate? At sale? No, I didn't, yeah, mate. To, to, to be honest, once the fall happened at Taree, uh, yeah. I was I was doing other things, mate. I was on phones and, and whatnot. So, no, yeah. I missed, missed sale yesterday. But, obviously, go back and watch the replay. Well, it was a good win yesterday. But when I spoke to David Gate. Gately a month ago with that dancing lane. It should have beaten dancing lane down the straight at, at Flemington, and that's why I made it a horse to, to keep an eye on, and, and it won yesterday. That's all, mate. Thanks very much. Champion. Okay, so that was the Robbie Griffiths horse there. Uh, we'll have to get Mark's horses to follow to put him up on the system as well, boys. Um, he's been going good. Uh, Prowess, a comment there because we've had a couple of texts. It was obviously a very good win in the Crystal Mile. Good to see her back after that New Zealand run. Oh, she was always in control there, Gator. Yeah, she was. She's in the perfect rails trial run. You know, I think Antenna should have beaten her, but mm. um, it's still, she beat home Tuvalu, who, who's chased Alligator Blood the start before. So, uh, look, she's a proper horse. She was only second up as well. So, I think she's heading champion stakes. Is that right, 2,000 metres, uh, Ruta? Yeah, I think that's where they're going. If um, they, got, they could go either way, couldn't they? With her? She's, she looks like a... She's another one that's... Um, has been held back when they realised they couldn't make the Cox Plate. They just picked out this race and realistically, you knew Roger Jones wouldn't be bringing her over if she was right and I thought the price was pretty good on Saturday. We've got another caller coming through very, very soon. Um, 13.53.53. Now, what about um, this big race between Private Eye coming up very, very soon this will be next week in the uh, the Giga Kick, and also think about it. So, from a um, from a futures point of view, we don't have that market open at the moment for the Giga Kick. I've noticed that's interesting. Yeah, no noms either. So yeah, we don't know what to expect there. So, I think we'll know. I think it's going to be a pretty small field. So okay. Yeah, you know. All right, perfect. And then obviously we've got the Golden Eagle coming up this weekend, boys. So Amelia's Jewel, Christy, you know when she will arrive? Is it is she going to come up late so in the week? I, or? Think it's, I think it's Thursday for her and Legado's coming in Tuesday night or Wednesday. So uh, two of the big guns, um, they're going to have their final preparation run, uh, preparations done at Flemington and in New Zealand before they come here. So... Um, Glenn Munsey would have been would be saying you can't win first up at Rose Hill, so you know it'll be it, it is just a great race. I think I counted there could be up to ten Group One winners in this race. It's really it's really captured those horses that are uh, the best of their generation to come come and run in this race with the ten million dollar prize money. 
And does he get out of quarantine this week, uh, Oben Burma? I don't read he's having a, a gallop on the course proper on Wednesday. I think he gets out. Yeah, I think he get. I think he's. I think he's out now of quarantine under the protocols, and I think he's going to Rose Hill to have a look around there Tuesday or Wednesday. So um, he, he's an, he's another one that adds a little bit of interest, as we saw in the Cox Plate. Those international horses certainly add 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 a, another layer to the form. Okay, I like it, boys. Uh, so that is uh, the Golden Eagle. Have we heard much more about this Japanese horse, Chris? Um, obviously, yesterday, and we'll chat a bit very soon about um, Equinox, but um, obviously he's not Equinox, this horse. Uh, but uh, it just shows how uh, solid this form is in Japan. Yeah, he's um, he's, he's obviously been set for the race. We get Take, um, Take coming over to ride him, and it, he's... With the Japanese form, it's it's they need often need just rock hard ground. If he gets that, he's probably going to be he'll, he'll probably shorten the betting. I think you know um, we've got so many good four year olds in this race that um, yeah. Well, put it this way: the New Zealanders will tell you that Legado's the best three year old from that last season, and Western Australians would argue that Amelia's Jules the best horse they've seen for a long time. So we've got two absolute Two horses are coming from different part, different ends of the spectrum. That are the best horses, uh, are supposedly the best horses that have come through for a couple of couple of seasons. So, you know, there'll be supporters for them. And then you've got the Japanese horse, who we don't know much about unless you do a lot of Japanese form. But it, the form sort of stacks up, and anything that runs in a Group One in Japan and runs well is uh, a proper horse because they they don't have as many Group Ones as we do. And when you're running them. You have to be. There's only a certain number of spots, and there's only a certain number of races. I think there's only about fifteen or sixteen Group Ones over there. He does sit back in the field, worse than midfield. But boy, he's got a turn of speed on him. And I did. I know TV's TV, and you can get mixed up with watching gallops on TV. But geez, his gallop at Canterbury the other day, he was he really sprinted to the line like a good horse. And uh, the other thing news I thought. Maybe worth chasing up, Chris. Is uh, Take got kicked yesterday and he couldn't yes. fulfil his rides uh, in Japan. So hopefully Take, because he's a draw card in his own right, um, mm. is still okay to travel to ride this horse. Yeah, he's um he's not. He was going to ride Friday night in Japan and fly in Saturday. So um, okay. we'll 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 see. I think Ty England's looking after him over here. So. Um, if you want to, if if anyone has a, a ride there that they haven't got a jockey for yet, you can get the goat of Japan on him. Okay, so yeah, the, the, I did see that uh, yesterday um, in relation to Yutaka Take. So that will be, um, I hope, fingers crossed, we will get to see him here. Yeah. Um, I know that um, Graham Pavey, who does a lot of tweeting, long ball to no one, on Twitter. He's a great man, Graham. I've met him a few times in Hong Kong when he's been there for international meetings. Uh, he was suggesting that uh, Yatake was okay, but obviously we'll wait for more official to come news to come from the the JRA. Um, just on that run yesterday in the Tenno show, I mean, look, what have they run one fifty five for ten furlong stuff? I know that it might be different over there, but it just unbelievable. Uh, just he gave it one little persuasion, um, Christoph, and it just went. See ya, bye bye. Unbelievable. Yeah, obviously she's. Uh... Probably the best in the world, they uh, they say. I don't think they're going to get any argument. 
um, as far as um, apples with oranges with different tracks and different times, but I suppose it's a record. I'd like to know what the uh, the record before that was, um, but they have fast tracks, they've got fast horses, and she is absolutely, uh, you'd have to say, a champion. Gator, did you happen to see the Tenno show yesterday? Yeah, I did, and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fascinating, wasn't it? Uh, one horse race. And the clock, I mean, it doesn't lie, but it's all relative. You know, they're, you know, they're really fast races. So um, you've got to compare apples to apples. I'm with stuff on that. And what you've got to remember with um, Japanese racing, they don't take the time out of the barrier. It's taken, uh, there's a timing element a couple of strides in. So they're getting up to their top speed before the, they um, they take it. And really? they'll add a second. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's, why, that's why you see... Um, times that are relative to our times are a second or so quicker so but i think there was something put up on twitter there that compared the best 2000 meter races this year and he still would have candid in any of those comparing um different tracks and different races so um he's just a he's just a machine and he, he um takes on one with an, a bit of an australian influence in liberty island island which is yankee rose's daughter and She'll have to be pretty good to be get anywhere near him in a Japan Cup. Well, she is pretty good. She's very it's, good. It'd be a race and a half. It certainly would well, be. Well, it's, it's, you know that's the that's that's the next time we'll see him, and um, uh, he's just he just looks like he looks like one we're going to enjoy, like we enjoyed Frankel in England, and people enjoyed um, weeks weeks around the world. You know, people love horses that can win and are just superior athletes and you've got to enjoy them and they come along and he looks like one again. It's uh, 9.57, boys. We need some horses to follow before we get into our New South Wales previews. What are we following from the weekend? Um, not much left. I don't think, I think a lot of these horses are hitting pretty well hit their grand finals. I, I'm a sucker for this Territory Express. Um, he's uh, hopefully the penny drops with him shortly. I think he's going to be a better horse next prep, but surely there's a win or two left in him this prep. And I'm not giving up on alcohol free. I think I want to be on her next time if she hits a mile. But uh, Territory Express alcohol free. One of those meetings where I don't think there's a lot to follow. To tell you the truth. Okay, uh, David. Yeah, no, I don't know who David is, but look, I struggled with. Um... <laughs> I struggle with this for the same reason that it's sort of a bit, it's either a bit obvious or they're probably end of mm. prep, aren't they? So I'm not sure where Antino goes or if Fangirl keeps going, but I put those in and they both should have won. Uh, Magic Time is just a really good racehorse, uh, wide and terrific. And I'm with Duff to some extent, alcohol free. I want, if they head to the mire at, at I think $18 last look tab, I'd have a nibble. And Ruta, what about your horses to follow? Yeah, Terry, Terry Express against the Vice is really good. I thought Hootal, um, if there is one on the way up and at a big price, he can he can go to Melbourne and run a really big race in the Champion Stakes. I was big for it was good late down the centre, and I'll I'll be following up. I think it'll go to a hot Danish or a race like that, or maybe even a race in Melbourne. And Nigalu Star in the first. Molly Burke rode this absolutely perfectly. She just um, had one little hiccup in the straight where she had to go in and then out, and that cost a victory. He won't get a pen, pen, she won't get a penalty from this race. And she'll be in a midway again, but we won't be getting twelve dollars either because she ran the best um, last six, last four, and last two of the day. 
All right, boys, thank you very, very much for coming on the program today. Appreciate uh, your efforts this morning. Look forward to chatting with you next week as we roll into uh, a big week, don't we? We've got, obviously, uh, Golden Eagle Day on Saturday here in Sydney, Derby Day in Melbourne, so again... It's going to be a punning fest on the weekend. Uh, next Monday, we'll be leading into, of course, uh, the Cup and the Big Dance, uh, Oaks on Thursday, and then obviously the uh, Five Diamonds and Champions Day. So uh, we need plenty of cash in the pockets and look forward to trying to back a winner and see you on all the different shows you're on this week. Thanks, boys. Thanks, guys. See you, mate.